Hey everybody, good morning. This is MG. Hello, and I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are... Sober Sisters Talk! Welcome! Welcome. And I'll tell you, like, listening to that, just hearing it, um, I've been away all weekend, and um, so I missed my two meetings that I do a week, and I just am so grateful that I have those things in place, those stop gaps, you know, and I'm grateful to be here and grateful to be recording this with you today. So thank you. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. And you model for me what a long-term recovery looks like. That, you know, you and I have a little bit of time in multiple programs and I never want to rest on my laurels. I've done that and I have successfully not acted out or lost my sobriety in any of the programs but it has been a struggle when stressors of the world come back into my life it when I didn't have those systems in place for example you go consistently to the same meetings every week we have our time together that where we do this podcast and that creates relationships so that if you get into a jam or a struggle, you know that you can go to that meeting and you can share about something that's deep and intimate and you can get heard around it. And then afterwards, if we go to fellowship, you can get support around mm -hmm. it. And that way you can continue to you know, be your awesome self because we have these systems in place. I've said this before, you know, I'm not a slow learner, I'm a fast forgetter. You know, I forget shit all the time. It's like, oh my God, I can't eat Pringles. They make me sick, you know. And then a week later, I'm putting Pringles in my mouth. What happened? They make me sick. So, it's just about... Because you start thinking, well, I didn't get that sick. <laughs> it was just a little bit. I can handle it. some acid yeah. reflux at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> This is we start like you get some space between yourself and the pain and you start going, Oh, that wasn't that bad, you know. I mean, I think, you know, and I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I think um, you know, there are times that the meetings change and meetings the people who come and, and the the whole personality of the meeting will evolve. And one of the meetings I go to is in a very um obvious growth period. <laughs> I love that. Wherever it's going. I don't know uh, where listeners, it's going. Listeners, I do not go to that meeting. I'm I don't know which say. way it's growing. I don't know. It's but a mystery. I'm going to continue to go to it because I fucking need it. Mm. I... Am not I? I'm not struggling. I do not have anything that's like you yeah. know in my face. But the reason that I don't MG is because I do go to meetings. Because when I go to meetings and when I work with you and when I work with other people and I work a program, I get to manage the stressors, the the um, emotional mountains roadblocks speed bumps well they call it life on life's terms on a daily basis exactly right, right and what and that phrase life on life's terms what that says to me is i have to accept life on its terms not my terms right because you know shit's going to happen i mean there could be a traffic jam there could be a wreck there could be a hurricane there could be all these things that i'm not in charge of that affect me 
And so how do I, like you talk about, you know, this this podcast is about, you know, how to be sober out in the world. Right. And not just in regular circumstances, but under stressful circumstances. Well, you know, we talked, I don't know if we shared this on the podcast or not, but a couple of weeks ago, I went to uh, to my 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 son's house and my granddaughters pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These two little kids. And I got mad and left. You know, and I, I, I like stormed out. I was like, I'm out. I'm leaving. And they were both like, no, Grammy, no. And I was like, no, I'm leaving. I have to go. And um, you asked me as soon as you got here, did I make amends to them? And I was like, yeah, I did. And I, I got rid of all of the negative energy around it. I was able to apologize. Like, look, I don't want to leave like that. I am sorry I did that. This is why I did. And we you know, can we learn from it? And I apologized to them and I said, now you guys have to apologize to me. And they both said, well, I'm sorry, Grammy, I love you. So there you go. And that part is like the only reason that I know that to handle it like that is because of the constant influx of information. Like you said, I mean, I'm not, I haven't retained this information. I need it. I need it every freaking week. Well, and you know, you're open to suggestion. If somebody, like, you know, recently somebody said, you know, call your sponsor. And you're like, okay. You know, and it's like, for me, I get I get prideful and I get egoic where I'm thinking, oh, I don't need that. I know what the best thing is for me is not to do that thing. But then to, like, take my ego. I've been listening to a lot of Eckhart Tolle this week, who's just amazing. And he's so funny. And he talks like this. And he's like, you know, jokes, you got to really you know. focus to listen, you know. But he makes these little funny jokes. And he's, <laughs> so, but he talks about ego a lot. And so I feel that part of recovery and definitely with AA, they're all about, like, uh, breaking that ego down. There's other programs like OA where they have to build that ego up, you right. know, that there's a little different thing. And I feel like for sex and love addiction, it's sort of a combination it of is. both. It's a weird thing where I have this prideful ego and at the same time, I feel like a piece of shit, you right. know? And so, and I think that that is like a double whammy for us in this program. And so following suggestion, because I remember when I did get to my bottom, and I've said this before, where, you know, if you would have told me to go put on a funny hat and run back and forth in front of your house, I would not have questioned it, but I was like, you know what, she's my sponsor, she's a wise woman in this program, I don't know what it's about, but I'm putting on this hat, and I'm like, you know, going. And, you know, you didn't, you know, tell me to do those things, you told me very sensible things, which are go to meetings, you know, call five women a day, let's start working on your steps, here's, you know, a worksheet, start doing this stuff. It was all very, um, uh, you know, appropriate stuff. And so it was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take that suggestion. And sometimes I get suggestions from people outside of the milieu of uh, recovery. And so, like, I got a note, like, this guy who wasn't part of the directing team gave me a note recently, and, like, when I was in this play, and I was like, oh, okay, you're, you're part of the stage crew, and you're, you're giving me a note, okay. And then I thought, you know, but it's a good note, so I'm going to, you know, take it. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about, like, my little ego going, oh my who God. the fuck are you? Really? But, so, oh, man. And so I took the note and, uh, you know, had a laugh about it with, you know, the ladies in my dressing room about it later. But uh, I did a little gossiping, you know, not my, you know, strong, strongest uh, response. But, you know, progress, not perfection, right? So, you know, 
you and I both have had the egoic self had to be um, removed in order for us to get to that place where we're open to taking a suggestion and doing it in a different way because clearly the way that we were doing it, Elizabeth, it does not working. It's not. And I think, like, along with that, you know, taking suggestions and being willing to comes this thing like, I don't know everything. And somebody has a different perspective. I love, like, one of the things I, um, I, I, after that thing with my, my granddaughters, I called my sister who has two grandkids. And, you know, I told her, and I was like, oh, and she was like, oh, I understand. I've done the same thing. And it was, you know, it was very, it was just very easy to, to tell her and to share it with her. Whereas I had some shame about my behavior, you know, that I just like, it's you know, humbling. I bolted. It is very humbling. But I'm not, I didn't invent it. I didn't invent this behavior. I didn't invent the, you know, get pissed off and leave mood. <laughs> Sometimes think I did. But I am really, really grateful that I get to go like, okay, so that helps me clean it up. Clean it up. Take the suggestion from somebody who's a little bit further along than you, and you get to clean it up. And... I, I can't tell you how many people I have suggested do this, do that. It, maybe you need to go to meetings. You know what you really need? You need a sponsee. You need to find someone to work with. You know that Right. Was, I can tell you any problem will be fixed with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, listeners. It's true. Any issue you have, get a sponsee. Someone who's going to, you're going to take all the way through and whatever you got will be gone. Well, and you know, for me, what, what, what happens as a result of that is that whenever I am sponsoring someone or offering support for someone, I'm not in my stupid head. And I feel like my mission and reason to be on this planet is to be a vessel for God to work through. And if I can get my shit cleared out of the way, kind of scooched over to the side, you know, and like let like my higher power you know, the mysterious universe, whatever you want to call the, the mystery out there, to come through and speak through me, uh, then I feel like that's, you know, my, that's a good feeling for me. You know, I feel like I, I feel well when I can be of service and I can help another person along the way. I think that's why AA works. That's why any 12-step recovery works because you and I both know. I mean, I can sit here and talk to you about the crazy acting out stuff and stuff that I would be super ashamed about and you would laugh, you know, because, and you would laugh because... Because it could probably top you. <laughs> right. And at the least, identify, right. oh, oh, yeah, girl, yeah, oh, yeah. there, did that. Right, right, right. And that's the thing is that maybe sometimes, you know, it, it's, we are so far apart from our acting out, both of us. And I do get that there's a lot of times I think, you know, people women who are not so far apart from their acting out think that maybe we don't know you know maybe I but I remember me I remember me as a mess I remember you as a mess I cried every day for two years every day and not just like tears running down like cry and you know I wanted so bad to be out of that emotional whirlwind that emotional tornado it was every day and 
I know how to get out. I can help you get out. I can help you recognize your patterns that put you there over and over and over again. Because I did it over and over and over again. I was a chronic relapser. I had so many fucking desire chips in my purse that when they were out, they would go, Elizabeth, do you have any desire chips in your... (laughs) We're out over here. Can we, you know, can you supply us? So, yeah, I mean, I did. So, it... I know what it is and I know how to get you out of it. And if I offer a suggestion, it's something that I have done. Well, and Elizabeth, I was in so much pain. I was like, I had to jettison everything at like, it, it was like, it's a rebirth in recovery for me. It was a total rebirth. I had to jettison almost everything. Like my ideas about myself, my ideas about the culture, my ideas about men, my ideas about work, my ideas about my everything. It was like it was an opportunity for me to reevaluate everything. And it was a little bit overwhelming. But all I knew is that I was in such pain, I was so willing to do whatever was suggested for me because I was like, I can't continue with any of this stuff. And so I did. I showed up to meetings and I did the work and I, you know, had service, uh, you know, roles or I would lead meetings. I would chair meetings. I still do that. You still do that. We know that's a small way that we can be of service to the program at large. And uh, we just continued. And I built a new life for myself. You built a new life for yourself. We know it can happen. We encourage those of you out there that are on the fence and thinking about, should I do this? Should I get sober in SLAA? Should I get sober in AA? Should I start going to Al-Anon? It's like, go and check it out for heaven's sake. You know, any little thing that I have learned has been like, you know, I'd say there's gold in them their heels, you know, like go and figure out. It has not hurt. It's been a worthwhile experience. And whenever I get into resentment or like I used to go to this Al-Anon meeting, it was on, I don't want to talk about it when and where it was, but it was a big meeting. And I would see the same people coming in there like year, year after year. And I was like thinking, why aren't they getting better? And, you know, my therapist used to say, when I've got one finger pointed at somebody, I got three pointed back at me. And so I was like, why aren't I getting better? You know, it's like about doing something different. And don't sit in a meeting and be resentful about, you know, oh, they they always come in late. They always bang that door. It's like, you know, <laughs> look at my own shit. Yeah. You know, and so, and that sort of segues into um, uh, and, uh, something that I wanted to talk about was about this concept of kindness. And I saw a play, it's a play called Wit, and I saw it on Friday night. And it's about this academic scholastic woman who was really like, you know, she was the shit, right? And then she gets horrible like ovarian cancer and she dies pretty quickly. And so, you know, talking about the ego and, um, you know, at the end of her life, she comes to the realization that, you know, kindness is the most important thing. And, uh, and so, you know, seeing that play was just a, a real reminder about how kindness can be a, a focus and a motivator for my life. And, um, you know, kindness in terms of what my therapist used to say, what's the most loving thing you can do around the situation? The most loving thing that I can do may be to leave. And like Elizabeth, with the situation with your grandchildren, 
I feel like at that moment, the most loving thing that you could do was to get the fuck out. Probably, you know. Otherwise, before I yeah, said I mean, something I, and did it, something. Right. Which I don't want to do. But the other, you know, what comes up around this is this idea of like, you know, re-looking at everything in your life. Like, what is important and what is of value. And I feel like um, this program in particular, I would not have done it without being led here by AA. I never, if I had still been drinking and drugging, oh, yeah. I can't see myself clearly enough to see I need this other program, any other program. Sure. So It's like the foundation. Right. It, yeah. I had to get clear of that stuff first. And then I think that, you know, I, it's the stripping away. It's like, yeah, down deep down, I really am very kind. I'm not very angry. You know, for a long time I was angry, mad, you know, and I was an angry mother. I raged at my kids, you know. Um, just for so long... I covered up who I really am. I covered up my own vulnerability with toughness, being anger, angry. And um, this program has given me that gift, that, that ability to, um, you know, to go in and remember who I was. Like, I was so fucked up. I was so, I was so sad and angry and desperate and... The change and what I've been able to create in myself with the work of, by working a program, having a sponsor, a spiritual relationship with a higher power, practicing, serving, all of those things has allowed incredible change. And I think that at that point in my time, in my life, was the kindest thing that I could do for myself. And the most loving thing that I can do today is to continue that practice. Right. It's just like bathing. Like, I don't want to be a stinky person in the world. I just want to, you know, bathe. I want to, you know, eat well. It's like, it's part of like what I feel is like my recovery, like my life plan. And it works really well. And when I stay connected and when I go to my meetings and when I meet with you, it's a reminder. I'm like, oh, yeah, because I have this little, you know, attic monkey brain, which will, you know, like my... Uh, and, and, Tell you maybe those Pringles were worse. <laughs> I wasn't so sick. I'll just get the half can. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It They're delicious. That long. It's a treat. <laughs> but my therapist used to say, and I love this analogy, oh that, you know... When you're going down the road of life, you know, there's a ditch on each side. It's like there's there's a ditch there. And if I'm not in this, you know, center of my program, if I'm not staying in, like, the center of my lane, then <clears throat> I can veer to the right or I can veer to the left, and I can be in the ditch before you know it. And, you know, whenever I feel like, oh, oh my God, is, you know, in, in AA they say you're either headed towards a drink or away from a right. drink. It's a real sort of simple sort of, you know, dichotomy of like, you know, are you, it's for or against. And sometimes there can be gray areas and that's why we have, you know, sponsors and recovery partners and friends and family who love us and support us. It's like, let me tell you this situation and tell you what I did, what do you think? And we can either get validation or we can get a correction. 
and uh, and then get more information to get back on track. You know, for me, Pringles are toxic. It's not something that I can sustain. It's not a treat. It's a forbidden thing. And I can't look at it anymore in terms of a half measure any longer because the evidence to the contrary is so clear and so fucking obvious. I don't have... MJ? I do not have the ability to um, curtail my addictive eating habits in a you know I was just at my uh I was at my son's house all weekend and I was um taking care of my 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 two granddaughters and um they had Ritz crackers in their pantry and Ritz crackers with peanut butter buttery delicious oh my god and I had to just stop I was this is why I don't have these things in my fucking cupboard because I will eat the whole, I will eat one whole sleeve like that. Oh, yeah. With peanut butter. Oh, yeah. Right out of the jar, spread it on there, sit in front. No, <laughs> you need to stop. Stop it. Right. And I'm not even hungry. I don't know what that is. This is this mindless feeding of the spiritual thing that I did not have this weekend. Well, what I've, what I've come to um, believe is that it's about pleasure that there's a lot of pleasure in food. And like these food companies, they spend millions well, yeah. of dollars. Ritz crackers are like... <laughs> <laughs> They're so pleasurable. They are! Like everything. The They're crust, crispy, the smoothness, like, the salty and sweet of it. Like a pie crust. It's a perfect thing. It is the perfect storm. Right? So, and it's designed to be that way, right? And so it's like these things, when I eat them, give me a moment's pleasure. But, you know, my body will, you know, within a three to four hour period say, oh, no, this is not what good. What did you do? What the hell is going on with all these preservatives, all this crap yes. and all of it and the carbs. Yes. And, you know, and I have an insulin spike. Yes, I can feel those. I don't right. like it. It does not feel good. Right. So for me, it's like, have I been, um, you know, what, what do I need to do for myself for pleasure? And like, I love like you're like, I remember you talking about like this whole thing of like, you know, put on some lotion, you know, rub your feet, do something pleasurable like that. Sloth in the shower. It is the most awesome. Get some really good you know, whatever, something with salt on it or big, you know, uh, whatever, sugar or whatever. Yeah. And then sugar scrub. Yeah. yeah. Scrub your whole body with it. Yeah. Take your time. And I do that at least once a week and it feels so good. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Well, and like a, a friend of mine, I'm going to get one of these like eye masks that have that are cool because it's so hot here in Houston right now. And, like, put on an ice mask. Oh, my God, what a great, cool sensation that is. Because I need, like, quick things. If it's going to be, like, something where i got to go to the store, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know? Because I know how I, I mean, am. you know yourself. It's really important. Right. And, uh, you know, do these small kindnesses that aren't um, destructive. Because this, you know, mouth pleasure is, you know, like, like for me, it was like the other night, I was like, I, I made some tea, made make some herbal tea, like some, like, you know, blackberry, blueberry tea, and, you know, put it over ice, and put a stevia in there, and it's like, okay, so I'm like having something fancy or cool right. that's, uh, that is, tastes good, and that is a pleasure, 
So I think that for me, it's, I've equated pleasure with destruction. <laughs> I can't. Pringles. <laughs> Pringles. <laughs> Cheddar cheese Pringles, if you have to be uh, specific. So, uh, so, yeah. So the most kind thing that I can do for myself is to not put that processed junk in my body. That's a kindness. And that the more kind I can be. And, and, and listeners, I'm not talking about like, you know, be kind at the expense of boundaries. I mean, there's there's a time and a place. I mean, you're so good about it, Elizabeth, where, you know, you're like, oh, no, you need to stop talking or whatever. I've seen you stop a meeting and say, you know, stop talking about that. <laughs> you, can, you don't need to talk about that right now. You, you, can, you like, can do that later. You can do that after the meeting with someone or yeah. whatever. But, uh, you know, so... In a way, you setting that boundary is a kindness. It's like you're being thoughtful about, you know, the rest of the meeting and about things like that. So just what we can do around taking suggestions, being kind with ourselves. It's all about self-care for us. And I hope, listeners, you got something out of it. Yeah, I just want to encourage you, if you are getting suggestions that you're not willing to take, you know, to ask yourself, what is the most kind thing and I will I will tell you straight out it is not stay home and isolate go to bed that no every time the most uncomfortable thing is the kindest thing because kind does not mean comfortable it's not the same thing and it's not easy to do this to dive in and work a program it's probably one of the most challenging things I've done if not the However, it is also the most valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think what's that saying? It's uh, it's not easy, but it's simple. Or what's that phrase uh, around like 12-step recovery? Let me see if I can figure it out. Um, it's I not think it's, simp- it's not easy, but it, it is simple. simple. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's not easy, but it is simple. Do what someone else tells you to do. And be glad it's not one of these, like, you know... Especially if you are in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And back in the old AA days, they'd grab you by the collar and say, you know, you need to stop being an asshole. God, there was this guy, Fred O., and he'd say, (laughs) take the cotton out of your ears and stick it in your mouth. Sit down. Shut up. Yep. Funny. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you being there, and we appreciate our listeners. A reminder, if you um, have a suggestion, if you have a comment, you can email us at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, www.SoberSistersTalk.com. There you can see all of our our, um, podcasts, every episode. And um, uh, we post them on social media. We have a Facebook page, Sober Sisters Talk. And um, every time we publish a new episode, it goes on there. And if you're um, timid about, you know, sharing them, you can always share it in a message. So take a minute. Maybe that's the kindest thing you can do for someone that you know. You can also find this on iTunes. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you.